Hello and welcome to this special episode of College Football Down Under. I am your host for this evening, Will Murden, and I am joined by a special guest today, Andy Adams. Hello, Andy. Hello, Will. Long-time listener, first-time hoster. Absolutely, mate. So Andy has joined us this evening because Aaron is out uh, shaping the youth of Australia. Is that what he calls it? He's off on camp uh, out somewhere in the Flinders Ranges, so he's having a good time. And I figured no one wanted to listen to me talk for an hour by myself. Um, And you've shown interest as a listener. I thought, why not? Give it a crack. Jump on board. Not good to be here. Uh, would have been a bit awkward if you were just in a quiet room by yourself talking. So, absolutely. Yeah, happy so, to be so here. We'll see how we go. Really appreciate you joining on. A uh, bit of background for you. You're involved in thoroughbred racing. That's correct. I work at Thoroughbred Racing SA in the horse racing game. Yeah. Um, Degenerate gambler like myself. Uh, yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. That's Mrs. We... Mrs. Mrs. Don't listen to this, do they? No, we're <laughs> no, right. no. You've got no worries about that. If, if there's anything I do know from my time on here, that. <laughs> You don't, we don't have to worry about that sort of stuff, so sure. you should be good. But no, thank you for joining me today, and it should be a bit of a different flavour. Uh, Andy probably doesn't have the same level of in-depth exposure to college football than Aaron and I have picked up over the years, but it's more that casual fan, so it, I'm really looking forward to being able to get your ideas and, and your thoughts on some of the stuff that I might take for granted. Yeah, for sure. I've been a gridiron fan for a long time, probably more the NFL, but um, listening to you guys, I'm getting into the college game more and more. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So today's show, uh, we're going back into our, our recap mode. So we'll have two episodes a week from here on out the rest of the year. We'll have one that recaps the uh, the weekend's play, and then we'll have a preview one later in the week. So what a, what a wonderful week it was to have college football back. The full slate from Thursday. We've still got a game tomorrow as well. It's all happening. Uh, I've, I really loved it. So in today's episode, we're going to go through some takeaways, key takeaways of the weekend. We're then going to have a look at all the key uh, matchups that were played out. We're going to have a similar segment to last year. I'm, I'm going to try and rebadge it. I'm going to call it helmet stickers this year. Okay. So uh, was previously Have Yourself a Day. This is those individual efforts that really stood out. Uh, we'll look at the Aussies in action, which is always a good one. Uh, we'll check back and, and make sure we're keeping ourselves accountable on the bold predictions. Yes. And then... They go well all the, way, all the time. Exactly they? right. So we, we, we need to be accountable. We can't just throw these ridiculous things out there. At some point, we need to own up to our poor calls. And lastly, we're going to have a look on the punt. My favourite segment... I, and that's what I you tell Aaron. You have a Aaron. fan this week, yes. That's what I tell Aaron. Week. No one listens, but I hope you, everyone out there did listen to me this weekend because for the first time in quite some time, yes, we've had a ripper and it <laughs> keeps coming. It does. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so takeaways this week, buddy. You Did you watch a bit of ball? Uh, I watched a couple of games. Um, bad weekend for the SEC, Will. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's probably a really good place to start. Uh, I... I think this was as bad a weekend for the SEC from the outside looking in as I can remember. I mean, there were some huge upsets there. You've got Georgia State knocking off Tennessee in Tennessee. Absolutely unheard of that going down. I think it's been years and years and years, decades since they lost to a group of five team. Okay. So massive upset. Uh, Ole Miss went down in a, a crazy 15-10 loss to Memphis. Uh, South Carolina somehow dropped their game to North Carolina. I did see that one. Mac Brown's back. 
I did see that as well. First game, first win in six years, I think. Yeah, something like that. And the old boy was tearing up at the end of it. It was quite an interesting one there. And then to cap things off, Missouri dropped it to Wyoming. None of these teams are sides that should be knocking off SEC teams. Like, Vandy would do well against most of these. Maybe Memphis, I, I can kind of expect that. But everyone else, wow, boy, oh boy. Now, I did read today that this is kind of par for the course for the SEC. Start off slow and uh, their reputation kind of gets them through, is that? Yeah, I, I think you're right. But, I mean, this has really got to damage the reputation. It, it really for is sure. it's going to take a lot of the shine off the wins of the power team. So the, the power teams team te- seem to get through quite easily. Yeah. Like your, your Alabamas, your Georgias, yeah. Florida even against, you know, they, they had a tight tussle. But the top all did all right. Auburn got by just in the end. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't a convincing one, and we'll touch on that one a bit later. <laughs> no, yeah, last seconds isn't convincing. But they got the job done, and that was against a very good Oregon team. So the top did really well. It's that middle tier, because it's not even the bottom that we're talking about here. It's the middle tier yeah. of the SEC. Lack of depth. That really struggled. So, yeah, that's it's an interesting one to see how much that will hurt the SEC. Although I think they're probably going to be all right because that top is still... The cream. Pretty dangerous. Yeah. Now, another thing I did notice, JT Daniels, USB, USC quarterback, gone for the year. He's dust. Yeah, this is a terrible one, isn't it? So, JT Daniels was the freshman starting running back last year, and he was coming back. He was the five-star recruit, number one pro prospect quarterback coming out last year. Started a position all season for USC last year. Obviously, their struggles last year were quite well documented, but... The thought was that, you know, he's a year older, he's another year in the system, he's, you know, going to help them take the next step. And then terribly goes down with an ACL, so he's going to be out for the year. This is terrible for Clay Helton and USC. Yeah. I mean, this is a man who's fighting for his job. Yeah. And now has to blood another freshman quarterback by the looks of things. They did not look convincing on the weekend. And on top of all that, I mean, you've got a young man who has it all ahead of him who's just been through a grueling preseason camp and now has to sit here. You don't want to see that for anyone. For sure. Was he, are we talking NFL prospect with JT? Certainly. I think like anyone, any of those five-star guys yeah. often earn that rap because they have the cannon arm. Yeah. Like it's, it's, you often find that they kind of fall away because the decision making's not there or there's something else at play. But for you to even be considered a five star at the high school senior level, you've got the tools. Yeah, physical to, ability. Exactly yeah. right. To make it in the NFL. And every coach thinks, oh, I can, I can groom that. I yeah. can make that. I don't know how successful they are. I don't think it happens very well. It translates very well for players who aren't successful at a lower level stepping up a class. For sure. But he's certainly one that, you know, he'll now sit this year. This will essentially be his redshirt year. He'll, he'll get a redshirt because he's only played that one game. And then he'll build on from that. It didn't look good either. We no. watched a replay before and... Uh yeah, yes. 12 months normally with the ACL. So Absolutely. Sometimes there's the innocuous one that you kind of see and you go, oh, yeah, didn't look great, but no. that, that's, His that's knee crumbled not this good. Time. This one yeah. was, yeah, that, yeah. that proper you one where like it, it. it is the ACL, it is the meniscus as well. For sure. Now, you were speaking to me before. You think this is going to be the year of the playmaker. Explain yourself. 
I yeah, I mean, for me with the games, I, I did watch a lot of college football over the weekend. So it's a standard. The the Thursday night game, I caught both of those: the UCLA Cincinnati and Utah BYU. Then I watched. Probably had two screens going early on for the Friday night one and then the Oklahoma State one after that. And then Saturday, I, I watched another couple of games as well. So I'm probably looking at about anywhere between 18 and 22 hours of college football <laughs> watching over the last a good effort. three, four days. Yeah. There's been a stint. And what really stood out to me is there are some bloody good players this year at the skilled position. There are some running backs that just are really, really promising for what's going to happen into the NFL next year, I think. I think this year, you and I just did a fantasy draft we this, did. this previous weekend, and it kind of highlighted there wasn't really that stud running back True. That, that you get used to, where I think that's going to change next year. Okay. You're looking at names like Travis Etienne, who I'll touch on later, his, the day that he had. There's my boy Chubba Hubbard at uh, Oklahoma State who had an incredible outing. Zach Moss at Utah, I really like the look of. I'm not sure if you got to see that game at all, but he... I didn't, but I saw the box score. Uh, a couple of touchdowns, I think. Yeah, one and, in the air and one uh, And he one looks like a, a good pro prospect too. Yeah. Like he's, he's a big mover, but he, he makes people miss at, at the right times that you like to see. And then the receiver position, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, in the preseason ad nauseum, but... They really showed out. You've got Jerry Judy, you've got T. Higgins, you've got Tylen Wallace. All those guys look so good. I'm really excited to watch a lot of games this weekend. And, you know, this binging that I've done, I don't think it's going to let up anytime soon. That's good. Good to hear. Now, that is all we had written down, but I thought it's my first time on the show. I should probably bring something to it. Here so, go. I've got a takeaway. Brilliant. Shoot. I don't know if it's accurate, but uh, we will see. Now, what do these four gentlemen have in common? We've got Sam Howe at North Carolina, Hank Barkmeyer at Boise State. Good. Uh, Jaden Daniels at Arizona State and Bo Nix at Auburn. Now, these boys are all freshmen, I believe. They are freshmen. Now, listening to you and Aaron over the last few weeks, you seem to have a bit of a bias against freshman QB. Now, what did those four boys do this week? They went 4-0. and The only four starting true freshman quarterbacks, and they went 4-0. and So... I think that's the future. That's a great call, actually. <laughs> I mean, that's a great pickup you've had because you, you're right. Both Aaron and I, in our lead-up episode, were talking how we were cautious this uh, of the freshman quarterback. So we had our hesitations and we thought, you know, there was the Trevor Lawrences and the, uh, the other superstars that we've seen come through and play as freshmen, but it just wasn't the norm. Perhaps that's not the case. Yeah, maybe they're becoming um, coming out of high school more prepared than ever. Exactly right, because Bo Nix was up against a really good defense in a, a high-profile matchup and got the job done, and, and all those other boys did as well. So that's a great pickup from you, actually. I'm impressed there, mate. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's roll this along. Let's, uh, let's start to dive into the games now, eh? For sure. Um, so Thursday night, American time, Friday morning. Um, I know you watch both these games, Will. Uh, we had the UCLA Bruins uh, travel to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati were a two-point favourite, and they got the job done, 24-14. to 14. Yeah, this is a great one. So this was obviously one of the ones that I had on the punt. And also, for those who've been listening, know I've got a bit of a soft spot for Cincinnati this year. They're your team. They are my team that I'm getting around, and, and they were really impressive. I mean, they, their defence is going to stack up really well. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about UCLA. I, I, you and me both. 
Chip Kelly, three and ten at USCLA. Not a good start. No, and and that's a proud program, so they would expect better. And it it really looks like Chip Kelly has kind of fallen behind the pace a yeah. little bit. He, His time in the NFL, maybe. Yeah, a little bit that he he's been away from the college game quite some time, and I kind of alluded to this in the off season. He was really at the forefront of a lot of offensive schemes and that up-tempo offense and he was kind of trailblazing that and then everyone else caught onto it and now that's the norm yeah and the thought was you know how do you reinvent yourself in an area that's already been done and he, he hasn't been able to achieve it so I've got real worries there I mean Cincinnati are a good team so they they shouldn't be too down on that I mean it, it's a tough outing first up to go up on the road against Cincinnati but there's still there wasn't a lot of life there. What you want to see from that UCLA team is points. You want to see them spread it out. You want to see those quick hitting, big chunk plays that you just weren't able to get on the weekend. Yeah, well, to that point, they were outgained 400 yards to 200 basically. So yeah, it's just not there. No, and a great result for Cincy. So they're going to continue on, and they've got a, a big matchup coming up with UCF on the horizon, I believe. He's got a smile on his face. He got that one right so far. So. Ab- absolutely. All right, the other game uh, on Friday morning was uh, the Utah travelled up to BYU. Utah were six-point favourites um, yeah. and easily accounted for them in the end, 30-12. to 12. They did. So they were on the road in Provost in the, the Holy War. Okay, uh, and that's quite a fierce rivalry game. It was interesting watching the game. There was obviously quite a bit of passion there, but you can see because they're quite close together, there's a lot of family ties there, and it, it, it's that real rivalry where families are torn apart. Where you know one family is all one team, and then the kid gets a scholarship opportunity or gets into the other school, and they the parents have to decide whether they disown the kid or not or open up their heart. So <laughs> it's it was uh, quite a good atmosphere, and, and Utah proved that they're legit. Number 14 team in the country, so... Yeah, and I mean, they, they kind of needed to show that, yeah. that this is probably the highest ranking that they've had going into the season in, in quite a number of years, I would imagine. And I think they showed that really well. On defense, they were stout, and offensively, as I mentioned off the get... Zach Moss is going to be a load to bring down in every game he plays. If he can stay healthy, he's going to take this team quite a distance in the Pac-12, I think. For sure. Okay, uh, Saturday morning our time, Friday night in the US. Uh, uh, Tulsa travelled to Michigan State, uh, number 18 team ranked country, uh, and they... They handled them pretty easily, 28-7. to seven. They did, yeah. So there were a couple of games on at the same time here. We had the Tulsa-Michigan State one and the Wisconsin-USF one. And, I mean, both of them on paper weren't that great. So, obviously, to liven things up a little for myself, I thought I'd have a bit of a punt. And, and doing, you know, well in the first couple of games, I had both of those on the punt. I thought, let's, have a, look, is up. let's have a look at the trend, see, see what's happening here. And both of these games gave me a trend. One told me that Tulsa started a little bit better so I went with that one and at half time I was like well I'm fucked I think yeah, the, I did get that text <laughs> oh the, the line was like 22 points or something and Michigan State were up by 21 yeah I was like well I'm, I'm toast here so that's done I did take Wisconsin to cover and, and they were cruising so I was confident Easy. there yep. but I'd multied the two together so I was not overly happy and then I'd kind of switched over to the Wisconsin game and I was watching that watching them score flick back and thought oh I could actually be a play here. And and thankfully, Michigan State kind of sputtered 
down the stretch. Yeah, that's what um their offense, their defense pretty much carried them to this. Absolutely. I mean, their defense, I, I guess, is the thing that I really want to highlight from that match. It's really good. I think they held Tulsa, and I say held, to negative 70 rushing yards. Yeah, I, uh, I saw that. I didn't see this game, but I saw that in the box score, and I was going to ask you if that was correct. Yeah. That is correct? Yeah, I mean, they got you, helped by a couple backwards? of... How does that happen? A couple of bad snaps. So they, okay. had, they had one that kind of went out the back of the end zone. And when you're seeing stuff like that and you've put money on the team that's doing that, <laughs> you know you're fucked. You're like, well, I'm, I'm wearing this one. But Michigan State up front just... Contr- they were having their way with the offensive line with Tulsa. It was men against boys. So it wasn't just that fact. They were, every time they tried to run the ball, it was almost at point of handoff they were getting tackled. So Tulsa really struggled with that. They, they only got the seven points up. Michigan State's offense, on the other hand, Brian Lewerke is still Brian Lewerke. It's, it's not a pretty passing display. No. He can do a bit with his legs. Uh, and, and that's going to get them over the line a lot of the times. But when they come up against some of the other big boys, say. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, yeah. you, you need a bit more than that. It, it's great to have that defense. That's going to keep you in the game. But you also want someone who can win move the, game. the ball. Exactly yeah. right. For sure. And the other game you mentioned, Wisconsin, uh, the 19th ranked team, uh, traveled to USF and shut them out. Yeah. They're only a 10-point favorite, uh, ended up 49-0. to zero. Yeah, I, I liked the look for them here. I, I'm not so big on USF, so that was why I was kind of confident that they could go in that. But that was a real dominant showing. Yes, that is. I mean, we kind of mentioned in the pregame that USF uh, playing at home in Florida, that's quite different for the Wisconsin boys to travel to. They just ate it up. I think they loved it. Imagine if these guys were based out somewhere sunny, how good they could be. <laughs> well, um, I've got here that's their worst loss in 23 years They're in their program history, USF. Yeah, so, so that's not good. Not a great start for Charlie Strong. No. He, he's going to be a bit concerned there. Hot seat? Yeah, certainly. I think that starts to, starts to heat up because USF are a massive school in terms of student body. They haven't historically been a a great football program, but they've been good. They've been solid. And there's enough people and talent around that that was probably why Strong took the job because he was fairly highly considered. Even though he got bounced out of Texas, he was a good candidate, a good coaching candidate. That was a great spot for him. He's not getting the results. No. Well, they started 7-0, made it into the rankings, and then they're 0-7 since. So something has gone wrong yeah no you're spot on there the other one uh, after that one that i will mention is my boys oklahoma state i uh, don't have that on the run sheet here but they easily accounted for gotta get them in though don't you absolutely i do oregon state uh, and it was really really pretty to watch actually uh, it was it was good fun to have them back and i thoroughly enjoyed that matchup no doubt um sunday Sunday morning. Now, you caught a couple of these games before you went off and won your footy final. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thanks, mate. Um, Boise State uh, travelled to... Now, I don't think that they travelled to Florida State. They played in Tallahassee, didn't they? Yeah, so that is uh, where Florida State's based. Is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Kempi and I went there uh, on, on our tour, and, and it's a great spot. So, originally, it wasn't supposed to be No, there. that's maybe that's what I read, yeah. yes. Originally, it was uh, supposed to be somewhere else in Florida, but then the hurricane yep. had it relocated, so it did become a home game for Florida State. Well, either way, it's Boise State on the road, uh, six and a half point underdogs, and they get the win. They come back from 18 points down in the second half with a true freshman quarterback, and yeah, they steal it. That just doesn't happen. I mean, this has really got to have Willie Taggart concerned. The fact that they lost is bad, don't get me wrong. 
but to be 18 points up the way it was done exactly right and to get overrun like that is just terrible and he was already a guy that you know everyone was preaching patience give him time this doesn't help his cause with with these sorts of outings it was always a dangerous spot for them because Boise State are a very good disciplined football team who always overachieve and Florida State are almost the opposite at the moment it it seemed dangerous the reason I stayed away from it on the punt was the freshman quarterback, yep. but as you as you you're around the mark though. You both out. you and Aaron said that you thought this could happen. You were just a, yeah, a bit nervous with the freshman, but it's happened. And you said overrun. Talk about overrun. They had 57 rushing attempts for 200 yards, 214 yards, 40 minutes of possession. So that's the game right there, really, isn't it? And that's that's great coaching. That, that's understanding what they need to do. Uh, owning that possession against against an up tempo team like Florida State. That, that, that's a good result for Boise and, and puts them in good stead in the Mountain West for sure. All right, speaking of upsets, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, 12-point uh, favourite South Carolina were, and they went down to North Carolina, 24-20. to 20. Yeah, I mean, unheard of. I saw this one tight going on all day, and then to see North Carolina get the victory, I was quite shocked. I mean, North Carolina were a very bad football team last year and Mac Brown has a hell of a resume coming in, but I did not expect to see results early and South Carolina are a good football team. Well, I thought they're a good football team. They're an SEC, you know, uh, solid unit and for them to drop that one, it is a, it is a rivalry game and, and these do, crazy things do happen. Yeah. They'd still be bitterly disappointed there. For sure. Um, Two late interceptions from Jake Bentley really cost them there, I think. Uh, Certainly, yeah. Moving on, uh, Oregon-Auburn. Yeah, so uh, this you was... spoke about this game earlier, a little bit. Yeah, the, the marquee matchup of the weekend. So this was a really good football team too. Like, watching it, they seemed like two contenders. Yeah, two like, ranked teams. Exactly right. Like The only lo- game with two ranked teams this weekend? It was, right? yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that is correct. So a lot of what I watched, uh, I really enjoyed, but this one really stood out as, you know, two really polished units going at each other. I mean, Auburn's defense was everything that it was cracked up to be. Their D-line is nasty, and, and they're going to really give people trouble. Justin Herbert was good. Like, he, he was solid. He, he looks good as, you know, I expected him to. Yep, 240 yards and a touchdown. So. Yeah, and, and didn't turn the ball over in the air, which is what you want. He did lose a fumble, which cost them. But, um, yeah, I mean, this one went down to the wire. It, yep. it was great watching. Last throw of the game, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think they got an opportunity with a few seconds yeah, okay. afterwards, but yeah. fairly well. And it's one of those ones that I'm hoping people who maybe don't know a lot about college football are listening into this show or thought, oh, this is the one that's on ESPN. I hope it was on ESPN. I, I was watching it through something else. I know they had the US Open on, but I, I hope uh, people out there got to see this because this is the sort of stuff that makes me love college football. Like yeah. You watch a matchup like this, to and fro, punches either side and then you know whoever has it last coming down true freshman like what dreams are made of for this young kid and he gets it done yeah Bo Nix around the touchdown uh, pretty much to end the game yeah a uh, couple other games uh, you wanted to mention uh, Stanford Northwestern uh, Stanford were favourite and they got the job done at 17 to 7 not a lot of scoring not a lot in the box store for this one no so this was yeah a fairly average game and i did watch a big chunk of it uh i was somewhat emotionally invested in northwestern just because i'd predicted them to win i didn't have any money riding on this one okay 
But I I was watching with interest because I thought that Stanford would struggle a bit, and they kind of did. They they didn't look pretty offensively. They they were fairly tame. I mean, I know KJ Costello's numbers were pretty good early on, and he has gone out injured. He did, yeah. yeah. So that um. I'm like, not quite sure of the severity, but no, yeah. But leading up to that, he was 16 of 20, so he was kind of controlling it without being flashy or or over the top. Um, Northwestern, on the other hand, were just inept offensively, and and that's been their problem for a little while. They they just really didn't show much trying to move the ball. And I know Stanford's defense is good and needs to be respected, but I didn't see anything from North Northwestern. And I think they're really going to struggle to repeat, especially seeing Wisconsin and how powerful they were in their opener. For sure. And the other game, uh, Virginia Tech were a four-and-a-half-point favourite, went to Boston College, and Boston College got the chocolates. Uh, Ryan Willis for Virginia, three for 300 yards, four touchdowns, but three picks. That doesn't help. Yeah, I was really disappointed with this one. So this is my other team for the year, uh, the Hokies. I'd I'd back them to win in the Coastal that I I think is going to be wide open. I did see this as a little danger game because I do like Boston. I really rate uh, AJ Dillon. I think he's he's a great running back too. Another one of those guys that you know is an absolute playmaker and is must watch every time he takes the field. But yeah, that this is not the result I was after. I was I was a little bit disappointed to see this. I was hoping Virginia Tech could take another step forward and and be a little bit better than they were last year so to give up 35 points is is probably disappointing that that was the big thing that we were talking about bud foster uh and his ability as a defensive coordinator over a long time has been elite last year was disappointing and and this isn't a great start for him uh any other scores you want to run through yeah, there's uh, quite a few other scores uh, of note. So Clemson absolutely whooped Georgia Tech, which we expected. A&M got a comfortable victory over Texas State to open things up for them. UCF were on uh, track for 100 points. I think you text through yes, to me. I did. Uh, and ended up pitching a shutout, winning 62 to nothing. Disappointing, though. Yeah, I mean... would have been good. Exactly right. They really dropped off there, didn't they? Uh, Arizona State got their season off to a good start with a 30-7 victory. Uh, Army and Rice had a tight tussle. Uh, Army coming out on top 14-7. Rutgers got over the top of UMass 48-21. Nevada Purdue, did you happen to see this one at all? I did not, Will. Tell me. Absolute barn burner. So I was chatting with Kempe as this game was playing out, and he said, you need to flick over, you need to watch this one. It's going down to the wire. Nevada might do it. And he's got a little soft spot for Purdue. So I was, you know, keen and interested to see this. So I I only flicked over with about a minute to go. And at that point, Nevada had got the ball back, but they had just recently tied it up. So it was 31 apiece. So Purdue had a chance to win it, went three and out or struggled with it, gave the ball back to Nevada. Nevada moved the ball down and got to the point where they had a 56-yard field goal opportunity Time still running, no timeouts. So they rush out the field goal unit to see if they can kick it. And then Purdue call a timeout as if to ice the kicker. I don't understand that. No. Why ice the kicker when he's rushing Rushed. out for yep. a 56-yarder? Freshman kicker too. Exactly right. I understand it if you've Shitting got... Shitting himself. If you've got like a 20-yarder that it's 
probably, you know, he's going to go through the motions and nail it and yeah. you want him kind of thinking about it. Yeah. 56-yarder, the only way he is going to make that is if he gets everything perfect, has his time, is able to get in the zone. So, sure enough, fate would have it. They line it up for 56-yarder and the little kid got it done. It was uh, incredible. I mean, then he got chaired off and it was absolute scenes in Nevada. So Moment for him. That was, yeah, that was good watching. Uh, Colorado accounted for Colorado State. Alabama whooped on Duke, as we would expect. Georgia uh, got over Vanderbilt quite comfortably. Ohio State looked sharp against Florida Atlantic, especially early, going up 28 nothing in the first quarter. LSU cruised by Georgia Southern. Michigan doubled the score of Middle Tennessee, did it easy enough. Texas, same over Louisiana Tech. Uh, Washington had a good win over Eastern Washington, who are a well-respected FCS unit. Uh, then we had Iowa get over Miami. Iowa State get over Northern Iowa, but only just. I believe it took triple overtime. Triple overtime, correct, yeah. For that to occur. So that would have been a big hit for the Big 12 and Iowa State, who are kind of uh, a bit of a smoky to, to make noise. And, and that's really a, a bit of a scary one. A win's a win, though. Yeah, I mean, that, that that is very true. That's a great point. Syracuse got over Liberty easily. Washington ran up the score on New Mexico State, 58-7. to uh, Illinois got off to a good start, 42-3. to And Kansas got a win, which doesn't happen all the time. I mean, it was an FCS opponent they were up against, but they'd be stoked with that. Uh, we mentioned earlier Memphis got over the top of Ole Miss, which was a, a big upset. Mississippi State did what they needed to do as an SEC unit. Uh, We had Navy get the job done against the power that is Holy Cross. Um, And then looking through this here, Cal got over the top of UC Davis. Western Michigan did what they needed to do. Baylor had a win. Virginia beat Pittsburgh. So they lived up to a bit of their hype. Uh, coming into this season. And today, the other one we had was Oklahoma getting over the top of Houston and doing it quite comfortably. Yeah. Now, you did mention... Did you mention Liberty Syracuse in that? I did, yeah. Did you... Now, I happen to see that a coach, Hugh Freeze, coached from a hospital bed up in the press box. Yes. What am I watching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that happened. So he uh, had recently had surgery and was keen to, you know, do what he needed to do, to do do his job. It's one of the more ridiculous things I've ever seen. And, and got wheeled into it. So, yeah, I mean, not the, not the only crazy thing. So I know the Oklahoma State-Oregon State game had to be delayed because the coaches got stuck in a lift after halftime on their way up to the coaching box. Really? So they had to hold the game whilst they got released from the lift and could take the stairs up to the box. Well, I guess if there's enough games on the weekend, something crazy will happen. So, And that's why we love college football. That's why we love college football. All right, uh, next segment. Now, uh, Will did mention it. Uh, it used to be called Have Yourself a Day, which I, I actually quite like the title of that. But uh, Will's renamed it Helmet Stickers, which... Slightly over my head, but maybe we will explain that. So anyway, helmet stickers. Here we go. So we're handing out helmet stickers. These are players who had themselves a day. Uh, The concept there, Andy, my friend, is a number of programs will award a sticker that gets uh, placed on the helmet when they achieve certain feats. So some of it is linked to like 
practice uh, and being able to turn the ball X over amount of time. Some of it is linked to game day stuff. So, you know, you can earn one for X amount of starts or turnovers in game or tackles or there's a whole heap of stuff. It, it, it's kind of like a best player award that, okay. they, that they give out after games. So you'll see as the season goes on, some players, especially the prolific ones at, at some programs, I know Ohio State are big on it. They, they whack the Buckeye there. You, you'll see them start to fill out on their helmets. Okay, well, I've learned something. So here we go. We're going to hand out our first helmet stickers for the year. So our first one goes to uh, a big, big uh, player on the show that we are a fan of, Alan Bowman, the showman. So Texas Tech playing against Middle Tennessee State. He went 40 of 55, 436 yards and a couple of touchdowns. So even though Cliff has moved on, we are not going to expect that offense to die down by the looks of things. That's a lot of uh, balls getting thrown out in the air there. <laughs> so I thought they might kind of shift a little bit. Apparently not the case. Doesn't look like it. Uh, another one who's a name that I'm not overly familiar with but might need to become familiar with is Anthony Gordon at Washington State over New Mexico State. 58-7 victory. He went 29 of 35 for 420 yards and five touchdowns. That's a good clip. That is solid. And, I mean, it's just plug and play in that Wazoo offense that Mike Leach goes. So that's a that's a huge day out there. Another one, bit of a homer pick here, but the, the highest amount of yards on the ground, my boy Chuba Hubbard at Oklahoma State, 26 uh, attempts for 221 yards and three touchdowns. And he just looked like a threat every time he touched the ball. Like He's a, he's a genuine track star. And as soon as he's got a little bit of wiggle room, he's out and was off to the races. Speaking of someone similar, that Travis Etienne, you wouldn't believe these stats. Only 12 attempts on the day, still went over 200 yards. I'd be giving it to him more, I think. That's insane. So three touchdowns and an average of 17.1 yards a carry. You only need 10 for the first, is that right? I mean, <laughs> that is yeah, correct, okay. yeah. So he's uh, doing it easily by himself. Uh, we had Reggie Robertson at SMU, a wide receiver. So they had a good win over Arkansas State. He had 11 catches and 180 yards, all without getting in the end zone. That's hard to do. That's annoying for You've him. almost gone up and back the field. What would you rather? Would you rather 180 yards and no touchdowns or just one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown? I'm taking the 180. You're taking like, the 180? Okay. Yeah, certainly. But there's a point there. Like, is it two touchdowns? Yeah. Like, two catches, two touchdowns? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know where that level is. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a day. 11 catches, 180 yards. He has certainly, certainly helped his team get over the line there. Uh, another one, today's game, we had Jalen Hurts just put on an absolute show. He so, did. I know we've kind of... Aaron's talked down on him a bit, so I'm disappointed he's not here so I can really get stuck <laughs> into him about that. But he was everything, every bit as advertised in terms of getting into that Lincoln-Riley offense. He was almost perfect. 20 of 23 for 332 yards, three touchdowns. He also had 16 carries for 176 yards and another three touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Six touchdowns on the day in your opener against a decent Houston team. Yeah, I thought that was going to be an okay game, but Jalen rocked up. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah. He's been much maligned, really. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest college football fan, but one thing I do know is he's, he was always much maligned at Alabama. He was blamed a lot for a lot of their losses. And was it just a system? He gets in a, a system that works for him and 
bang. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. There, there's always this talk of his deficiency passing the ball. Like he's always been a good running quarterback, and and people seem to think he he can't pass the ball all that well. But I think he'd shown enough that he could. And and given the right opportunity, he's he's certainly a chance. Like he's six foot two. He's got the size. So. To, for him to show out 20 of 23 and, and 300 plus, that, that's a great start for him and, and he'd be thrilled with that. The last one I'm giving out today is a bit of uh, punter love early on. Uh, unfortunately, it's not one of our Aussie boys, no. but uh, Michael Turk has to be uh, applauded for his efforts. So he is the new punter at Arizona State, replacing one of our boys, Michael Sleep Dalton, who moved and transferred on to Iowa. Uh, Turk had his first punt on the day which was 64 yards so that's his first punt at a major college coming across from a a junior college he followed that up with punts of 62 65 49 and 75 yards that's a roost for an average of 63 across his five punts that's huge that's a big day if you can keep that going that's insane and his coaching staff are saying he's out kicking his coverage like he's he's almost kicking too Too far. far yeah but his ability to drive teams back and to get that, if, if you can pin teams deep and flip the field every time you've got it, that's going to be a major asset to him. So they've it's got definitely to be a weapon. It's an underrated weapon, a weapon in the game. Yeah, certainly not by this show, though. That is true. <laughs> that is true. We're sticking up for the punters. Absolutely. Uh, all right. That's the, uh, the rebadged helmet stickers. Uh, speaking of punters... Uh, the Aussie boys, how'd they go? Yeah, so we had uh, a few really good results uh, in in our Australians in the first week there. So Michael Turk obviously led all punters with that insane average of 63 across his five punts. But the next two lads to fill out the averages are both Aussies. Beautiful. So we had Max Duffy at Kentucky. Hashtag who is Max Duffy? Our mate, who we unfortunately misidentified through our player profile series. Right, yes, okay. Uh, he had six punts on the day, an average of 54. So that's volume and distance. Really good effort in a, in a, high, uh, a highly close game, I suppose, that Kentucky had. They, they need him to be a weapon, and he's shown that he will be all year. So you know who he is now? I'm, I'm figuring it out. Okay. I'm figuring it out. Hopefully there's some good footage of the game out there that I can get a hold of yep. and, and acquaint myself. Uh, the one coming in in third spot's Hayden Whitehead. So he's one that we haven't really spoken about a lot, but he's at Indiana and he's had a, a really promising career to date. So great start for him. He had the three punts for 51.7 yards, which is really good effort. Um, rounding out the remaining Aussies uh, in, in the top 20 overall, we had Luke Magliozzi at Connecticut. So he had four punts at an average of 48.3 on the day. We had Matty Hayball, who's at Florida Atlantic, FAU, against Ohio State. Tough game there. He had nine punts, so he was busy for an average of 47.2, as well as Tyson Dyer at New Mexico. So he also had nine punts and 46.8. So he he came in 19 in the nation, and all of those boys are looking dangerous early. It's good to hear. Um, How many Aussie boys do we have over there? I'm still trying to build the yeah. list together, man. It, yeah. it, it is insane. So it, it's it's looks, big these days. It's somewhere between sixty and eighty. Really? Like there are a hell of a lot of boys out there. So I've got my list going. I I, I almost feel like I'm adding to it every day yeah. with the articles that I'm reading. 
I see, you know, an, another Aussie punter here or another Aussie player interested here. And I think, oh, man, I don't have him on the list. So I'm looking to publish it soon. And when we do get it out there, if there is anyone I've missed, I'm going to need the help from our fans out there. Taking over the game. I like to see it. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, bold predictions. Um, Accountability time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how'd you go, Will? So I was close. I was close. It, it's, it's not the worst call. So I had uh, James Madison University to go into West Virginia, a difficult place to play, Morgantown there, and get away with an upset. They didn't quite do it. No, eight points, was it? Seven? Yeah, seven points, I think. Okay. So it, it, was a, it was a tight tussle. Yep. Wasn't overly high scoring like you would expect from a West Virginia matchup. Uh, what are we talking betting-wise? That's how I kind of work out whether this was an up. Like, you know, I'm not quite sure, not sure, to be honest. No, you've you've put me on the spot here. You've stitched me up. Beautiful. I feel like we need a soundbite zinger here. Well, you've been the expert old show. I just assumed you knew everything. So. <laughs> no, so I'm not quite sure what it was there, but they didn't get the job done, no. so I, I can't claim that one, unfortunately. All right, well, I'll take Aaron's. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't put my hand up for that if, if it were me because he had... Uh, Oregon State to get over the top of Oklahoma State. Yeah, to run all over them, apparently. Wasn't yes, it? yes. Yeah. So that was his call. Jamar Jefferson uh, to get that done. 100 yards, two touchdowns. That was the call. Um, uh, any touchdowns? Uh, well, no. they, they did. he didn't have any, did he? No. Oh, that's good. That's what we like to Under say. Under 100 yards, too. Brilliant. So I'd say... You were not quiet. He was nowhere near. Yeah, that, that's a very good call, actually. He, yeah. he was way off the mark. And, I mean, to be honest, when I first started, uh, Oregon State had the ball to begin the game. They, they received it. And they went down and, in the matter of, like, two minutes, just marched the field and scored with Jamar Jefferson yeah. looking really Text. dangerous. Little texty from Aaron was I there, was or? worried. I, I was <laughs> not feeling good at that point. We went down and scored, and I thought, yeah, that's going to happen. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. They went down, and we held them to a field goal, and then from there, we kind of took control. But I was certainly a, a little concerned. Why can't you say concerned. we? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving you a team. It's just against Aaron. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so, oh, for him too. Yes, um, unfortunately. The standard for the bold predictions. But they are bold, so that is the whole point of it. Correct, correct. So, yeah. All righty. My favourite segment, I've already said this. The uh, the pessimist Aaron's not here. The optimist Andy is here on the punt. Finally, someone who appreciates my gambling acumen yeah. and at least understands that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> like, true. You, gotta... you should see me at social basketball. <laughs> that is a true statement. Exactly right. So we, we're going to keep swinging away and never is there a better time to be getting on the punt at the moment because we have had a great weekend. Heater. Absolute heater. I've gone three for three so far. Um, plus 5.3 units on the weekend. And I've got one in play still. Yeah. So at the time we are recording this, we still have the Notre Dame Louisville game going on. So if that one's to get up as well, I'm gonna be up close to nine units positive. Unheard of. It is unheard of for me. I so, know Aaron said you're starting five, but this is this is a new level. And I think it's really got to do with my trend betting. I, I think I've new cracked, system. I've cracked the code here. Yeah. Well, and week one, let's throw week one out because you only had two games to work with, so Correct. unfair. Yeah, you get was... the full slate this week and bang, we're away. Thank you, mate. I, I am really enjoying this positive. Well, you won me money, so of course I'm going to be positive. I think I can feed off of this now and, and really launch us into the back half of the year. So 
yeah, great result. I hope a few of you out there were on board as well and that we're able to make some money and that we can really keep this thing going. Okay, well, that uh, brings us about to the end of it here, mate. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today. No worries, mate. Anytime. I really appreciate you well, filling in here. Soon, but... <laughs> You've been great. I really appreciate the, your time here. I'm sure our listeners out there will as well. So thank you very much. Uh, all right, everyone... Uh, make sure you do follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at CFB Down Under. I need to work harder to get a bit more content out there. It's, it's just bloody hard finding time for it, but always happy to engage with listeners out there, answer any questions I can, share just my love of the sport at any opportunity I get. All right, I guess this is where we do our little ending. On behalf of Andy stepping in and Aaron somewhere out in the bush, I am Will, and they are Andy and Aaron, and we will see you next time. Mm